Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Starbucks Pistachio Latte will transport you to your happy place. The comforting flavor of pistachio, warm espresso and milk, all with a brown buttery topping. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. Mm, to be honest, I had my heart set on Chinese food. This week on the Story Song Podcast. I hear the tale everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan Mackiner. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cazell. Every episode we walk you through a story song, and this week we're doing scenes from an Italian restaurant by Billy Joel. Little known um, artist. Yeah, Local yeah. artist. But, uh, Small indie but artist. But just also, just a song that's just like random snippets of, of audio that he, he recorded um, <laughs> in an Italian restaurant. Very avant-garde, very right. experimental. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's and that's what he was known for. That's what Billy Joel was known for. It was really out there, experimental kind of stuff. Um, he was in like the you know the downtown like Andy Warhol scene. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so you know, and that's I mean that's sometimes we like to get a little experimental on yeah. the show. Well, this is from so. his uh, his sound effects album where yep. right. he just he's got scenes from a street, <laughs> that's right. scenes from a haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. Scenes it. from the DMV. That one is not as exciting. <laughs> it's true. It's used a lot in community theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, no, we're kidding. Uh, this is scenes from Italian restaurant by Billy Joel, and I'm gonna let me tell you the, the story, please. Um, so the song has three parts. Uh, in the first part, three acts, uh, if you will. Sure. Um, well, we'll get there. We're gonna talk about whether or not these. These are connected. Are they three acts or are they th- three separate stories? Um, oh. Perhaps linked thematically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot to go over. Are they three but... acts in a play or are they three one-act plays? Mm. Yes, exactly. Um, so, well, either way, there's three parts. Uh, and in the first one, someone has invited an old friend to dinner at an Italian restaurant. In the second part, two friends catch up, uh, though we only hear one side of the conversation. And in the third and uh, much longer section, we hear the story of Brenda and Eddie, who are high school, high school sweethearts, who marry right out of high school, have a rocky marriage, and then quickly divorce. And then the first part is reprised uh, as one of the friends hints they should meet again, and then the song ends. 
So lovely. Uh, it's n- my version was not nearly as nice as Billy Joel's. So don't <laughs> worry. You'll hear that later. Uh, actually, it's word for word. We don't even have to go over yeah. the lyrics. It's word. <laughs> you the did whole... it word for word. Real short song. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. The song is in three parts. The first part is about your friend. What if that was the whole song? It's super uh, avant-garde. A bottle of white. A bottle of red. Perhaps a bottle of rosé instead. Get a table near the street. In our old familiar place. You and I face to face. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a rare thing here, okay? And I'm gonna I'm gonna look down from the ten thousand foot view, okay? And ask you guys a question. In your opinion, I know you've heard this song many times. In your opinion, are these three sections acts, if you will, are they related? Let's start there. Are they related? I think yes. Okay. I think they are all related. Yes. Okay. Michael, your opinion. Well, Dan, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I did Thank too. you. I, I want to thank you both for being here. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people are asking this, and I think <laughs> that, uh, you know, there are two valid answers. Yes, they are related, and okay, no, they minutes, are not. Senator. Two minutes, Senator. Um, yeah. So I it's something say... to think about, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, thank you I for asking that question. I should say for question. the listener. Yeah, for the listener, uh, Michael will be uh, testifying before Congress uh, (laughs) next month, and he's practicing uh, giving non-responses to questions. Um, Okay. In the Scenes uh, from Italian Restaurant uh, congressional (laughs) hearing. Sure. Uh, What's known as Scenes from Italian Restaurant Gate uh, that is currently (laughs) consuming D.C. Um, I think, I I mean, honestly, I do think that arguments can be made for both, but I do think that they are related. Well, now my question is, okay. You so just asked a question. So I think they're, we're in agreement that, they're, that the parts are at least related. Right. Are the people having the conversations in the first two parts, is that Brenda and Eddie? Uh, or, abs- or are they different people? Now, my answer to that is absolutely not. Okay. I think they're, I think they're totally different people. I think they're I classmates of Brenda and Eddie. Yeah. Okay. I tend to agree with that. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Well, this has been the Story Science Podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have asked those questions at the end. This is the Story well, no, Podcast. I wanted we agree to start... on everything. Bye-bye. Well, <laughs> well I, I wanted to ask because I think that colors the interpretation of what's happening, right, right in these things. Because I think a lot of people do potentially think that the person who's saying bottle of white, bottle of red is Eddie, right? Trying to um, rekindle with Brenda. Right. right, like it's almost like, uh, yeah, that that they're meeting again in this Italian restaurant because there is a hint that these people have a relationship, right, or had a relationship, right? Um, most likely romantic. So, uh, and that's over now. So it's you know, but that's the question of is it Brenda and Eddie or is it two other people who then tell the story of Brenda and Eddie, which we'll get to. If that is true, it's a little weird, but we'll we'll get there in a little bit. <laughs> Um, or are these, again, are these scenes from an Italian restaurant? This is one table where people are getting together. There's another table where people are getting together. And then there's a third table 
where someone is telling the story of Brenda and Eddie. Oh man! Right. So that's why I was asking, like, are they related? Are are the are these all the same people? Are they literally Brenda and Eddie, or is it you know supposed to be like you're you're catching snippets of conversation in an I Italian mean, restaurant? I mean, that's true. It, wh- then you know, if it is all one story, why would it not just be called "Scene from an Italian Restaurant"? Mm. But I, I mean, I have my I have my uh, my reasons for that too but it's it has nothing to do with whether they're related or not okay so. um well i'm sure we'll get into it more as we go through but let's now start here at the top and oh, we're not done uh eh, no no no, no. <laughs> um michael we've only just begun uh, oh i'm sorry wrong song um so uh it starts we hear a bottle of white a bottle of red perhaps a bottle of rosé instead Look at a table near the street in our old familiar place. You and I face to face. Um, so the first thing I'll say is when someone says bottle of white, bottle of red, um, what you say is, or a bottle of white, bottle of red, perhaps a bottle of rosé, you go, why not all three? And then you laugh just a little too hard. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic, but what if we got like a lot of wine during this? One of each. During this, this yeah, yeah. What, what about that? What if we just mixed it all together and they just drank it? Because um, I really don't care. I'm at rock bottom right now. Um, <laughs> well, did I say all that out loud? Also, just to show you how ahead of his time Billy Joel is, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, th- I really do as a singer-songwriter, I think he is, um, especially with a song like this. I don't think most people, I think people like discovered Rosé like two years ago. <laughs> Like, all of a sudden, everyone's drinking rosé, and this is 1977. Billy Joel's like, no, rosé's going to be a thing. Michael, But listen. I also feel like... Go ahead, Rachel. Well, I was going to say, I'd feel more that way, Michael, if he said perhaps a bottle of frosé instead. <laughs> People loved their frozen rosé. Yeah. Is that, is that a thing? Oh, my gosh. It was a huge thing a couple of years ago. Everybody was oh, walking wow. around. Have you had the frosé? They have really good frosé there. I'm like, <laughs> stop talking. Look, uh, I want to be clear about one thing. Frosé tastes horrible, but, <laughs> but, I mean, Frosé, right? You can't, I mean, you can't beat it. I the mean, marketing speaks for itself. How could Cause you it's not? Because like, it's like frozen and then Rosé, it's Frosé. Again, I mean, it tastes like a nightmare. Like, you want to, <laughs> you want to spit it out, but you just can't. I, I love a good pun, so I'm just going to drink all, all of it I can. It's like somebody forgot to clean out the Slurpee machine, but aside from <laughs> right. that- it's just fun I mean, to say. I mean, but isn't wine, like, uh, and, like, people who are, like, really into wine, isn't it, like, fashion? You know what I mean? Where, like, every five years are like, by the way, now we're into brown. Yeah. And they act like they never thought of brown before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, That's this stuff right. just, I've, my point is, I feel like this stuff is just a cycle. You're talking about right? brown just, in terms of, like, color of clothing, clothes or, not yeah, whatever. brown wine. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying, like, for clothes, like, for, Because I think that's just scotch. Right. Because yeah. like, I'll be like, you know, in fact, I mean, I literally know so little about fashion. These examples are probably going to be bad, but they'll be like, hats are back. And it's like, people have been wearing hats for a long time, guys. Oh. Let's not act like we just discovered hats all of a sudden. Dan. Yeah. Does anyone still wear a hat? <laughs> See, this there is what it I'm is. Thank about. you, Michael. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I mean, wanted, I forget. We're, we're at like 50 episodes. I wanted so desperately to quote Lady to Lunch. <laughs> and I finally did it. Yeah. But I also wanted, I mean, look, and for everyone, again, listening at home, just to keep you up to date, like Michael, he's a fashion plate. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a clothes horse. 
this guy, you can't beat him. He's always up on every fashion trend that's going on, and he always looks like a million bucks. So me, I'm Just classic. I'm a regu- I just wear a tuxedo everywhere. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> of course. And I, me, I'm just a regular schlub, uh, you know, who likes baseball and baseball ca- uh, caps and, like, <laughs> you know, khaki shorts, and we got to live together. And, guys, we are an odd couple. I mean, Michael is constantly picking up my smelly cigars uh, with his umbrella. So that is, like, a daily occurrence. Um, so anyway, what were, we t- what were we talking about? I think, um, I think wine. Oh, oh, right. The first four lines of a very long song. A bottle of red. A bottle of white. It all depends upon your appetite. I'll meet you anytime you want in our Italian restaurant. So these two people own an Italian restaurant. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, entrepreneurs, not great perhaps in 2020. The restaurant business it's tough. Uh, might be, you know, not the best place to be right now, but I, I feel like these guys can stick it out. <laughs> I'll meet you anytime you want. Yeah, 10 o'clock. We open at 10 o'clock. Right. Be there at 10 o'clock. <laughs> I got to be there. We have a lunch rush starting at noon. Yeah, I got to be there wiping down the tables. Guy, come on. We have an Italian restaurant. We got to get We got this thing going. This is our restaurant, not my restaurant. You be there when I'm there. <laughs> so that now that's the first part. And it's a phone call. This first and part's then, a phone call. Oh, you think so? It says, you we'll get a t- table near the street in our old familiar place, you and I face to face. So it's a phone call, I think, All right. to set up for the next part. Okay. So they're they're on the phone. And then now the, here's the question. Okay. These next people who are talking, are they the same people as the first part? Like physically, is this the same guy who's talking? Or is this maybe like a different thing? I, I mean, I think. Between part one and part two? Yeah. Yes. Because the the song definitely changes, like the music changes, right? So I think you you could perhaps interpret that as a break, and now we're seeing a different thing, or is it now? Or is that musical break like a fast forward, a time jump to them being in the restaurant? That's together? that's what I think it is. I think it's they're t- they're together, and you know you're on the phone. It's a little more like you know the the. The anticipation of it of we're gonna have a bottle of red wine it's gonna be great we'll go to our old place and then the music picks up because now it's the reality of i haven't seen you in forever and i have to keep conversation going mm-hmm. so and i think it's the same person doing yeah that. and maybe that first part isn't a phone call maybe it's like a letter a little more romantic that way where okay. like this, I mean, this person's <laughs> gonna be in town all I mean, right. it feels like, I mean possibly okay i buy that i was gonna say it's a little It'd be a little hard to set up a dinner date via letter because like <laughs> several days would be passing between like actually I can't do Tuesday. Well, right. what do you How think people Wednesday did before telephones? Well, obviously, Michael, but I'm saying, you know, they planned months they were ahead. Like, right. But if they were like, hey, Tuesday doesn't work for me, can we do Wednesday? And then you get that letter on Friday saying that Tuesday was no good, and then you 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 were sitting at the restaurant expecting <laughs> them to come. I so. ate so many breadsticks. Okay, 
this thing, this may be surprising to everyone listening right now, but these two people are sitting in an Italian restaurant, and here's the part that you may find shocking. The man is dominating the conversation. <laughs> um, because we never hear the woman's side. We only hear, we only hear his side. Um, and what he says is... Well, do we know that it's definitely a man and a woman? Uh, well, he, I mean... E- yeah. yeah, well... Well, it's Billy Joel, and it's 77. It's Billy Joel. He also says, got a new wife. Okay. So, I mean, certainly not impossible that it's a woman, but it feels like in 1977, that at least would have been a uh, an unusual thing to say. Um, so I'm going to guess that, yes, that this is a man who's speaking. Also, if, it's our, if, if our narrator is Billy William Joel, then, uh, mm-hmm. yes, it's a man speaking. Right. Also... Also, this is if the way this is going, yeah, it's a man speaking. Of like, you can't <laughs> right, get a damn word in again, Right. You won't Nobody shut can, up. You're just saying random stuff trying to puff yourself up. Okay, relax. But he does, also, yeah, he also totally brags about how great yeah. everything is going for him right now. So this, this reeks of a man. Yes, Michael. <laughs> but do we, do we know that the person that he's with is someone that with whom he is romantically involved or was. No, no, we no don't know that. but but I mean it it definitely hints I think pretty strong. I think so that. too. Okay. But I mean we can, I mean it's open to interpretation that's what we've been talking about. But I think <laughs> the whole yes. premise of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I but I think that yes because he says things are okay with me these days. Got a new job, I got a new office, got a new wife, got a no, new No, no, good job. Good office. What did I say? You said new job, new office. Okay. Well, he got a good job and a good office. Uh, got a new because he could wife. be in the bad office. <laughs> got true. a new life. That's true. He's got and he's got a view fine. at least. Lost touch long ago. You lost weight. I did not know you could ever look so nice after so much time. So okay. here is why I think that this is a man speaking to a woman, Michael. Mm-hmm. This this feels like the most heteronormative conversation. <laughs> long like and and the reason I think that they were. Uh, romantically involved is because he, this guy is uh, like a broker, like a stockbroker or something now. And he's, you know, this girl, this woman broke his heart, I think, because he's talking about, oh, I got a good life. I got a oh, good yeah. job. Oh, you lost weight. I didn't know you could look so nice. Uh, he's not saying right. that to his buddy, you know, right. he's right, saying right. that yeah. to, to a woman. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I love. The... I didn't know you, you could ever look so nice after so much time. Okay, well, first right. of all, the yeah, you lost weight, uh, Fatso is is a great, uh, you uh, know, a nice a, a nice negging um, on his part. Uh, but yeah, like a totally totally tackles like oh, you lost weight. I I would never in my wildest dreams have imagined you could look so nice. Yeah, uh, I can pay- after all this time because yes. you're old, right? I can right. picture this guy leaning back. He's leaning back in his chair. His legs are crossed, and he's got one <laughs> arm on the table, and he's lifting it up with every sta- statement and, like, knocking it back down on the table. I, mm. I-, I-, I picture him so clearly. <laughs> Ugh. He's showing his business card to her. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like Rachel's having flashbacks, Oh, perhaps. my gosh. This is terrible. He's, every once uh, in a while, he, like, fixes his tie and looks down. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. I'm doing great. Oh, yeah. Uh, another round of uh, rosé, please. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you're going to have a salad? Keep that weight off? Ugh. <laughs> anyway. 
anyway. Now, I think I think the one thing I should say, I think the one thing that perhaps people can point to as the fact that this is Eddie is got a new wife, right? So, okay. I mean, a, a weird way to say it, but I mean, we'll, obviously we're going to get there, but Brenda and Eddie were married and divorced. So for him to say, got a new wife, right? As opposed to like, I got married, right? If this is, you know, uh, his first time or whatever. Uh-huh. So to say, I got a new wife implies that he was married before, right? right? And then perhaps he is talking to his ex-wife about how things have been going after all these years. Mm. Okay. So that's, and I'm only, I'm only saying, I'm not saying it's like definitive in any way. I'm just saying, I think that might be something that people could point to as to why you would think that this is Brenda and Eddie. I could see that. I mean, I, I could definitely see that. I, there's a reason later on that I think that's not the case, but uh, but I can see people being wrong in that way. No, uh, <laughs> I could see that being a take that somebody takes. Right. Um, so then he says, you remember those days hanging out at the Village Green? Engineer boots, leather jackets, and tight blue jeans. Oh, you drop a dime in the box, play a song about New Orleans. Cold beer, hot lights, my sweet romantic teenage night. Mm-hmm. Um, Evocative. <laughs> it is. Um, so, yeah, engineer boots, leather jackets, and tight blue jeans. So, Billy Joel invented skinny jeans, first of all, <laughs> uh, right. we were, as we were talking about fashion right. before. Um, he's, he's bringing back rosé. He's bringing back skinny jeans. Yep. Uh, this guy is on, is on the cutting edge. Um, and one thing I couldn't figure out was you, you drop a dime in the box and play a song about New Orleans. That feels to me like that's a reference to something, but I couldn't figure out what song that's supposed to be. Cause what, I mean, what year is this that we're talking about? I mean, could it be? Well, it's hard to say because I mean, the other problem is that this song came out, when did it come out? In 77. Right. And. This is the other problem with the the timeline is that Brendan and Eddie get married in the summer of 75. So That's it doesn't right. this this seems like it must be longer. Yeah. Right. They, that it's not just two years at most. And then so Brendan and Eddie get married in 75. I mean, that's not I mean, that's the mid 70s, obviously. Like that's when pretty much when the song is coming out. I mean, Brendan and Eddie will be, you know, I mean, they didn't go to college, but if they did, they would have been sophomores in college. Right at the time the song is coming out, mm-hmm. or they would be that age at least. Whereas Billy Joel, I mean, I know he's in high school in like the mid '60s, if not earlier, right? So I don't, I, I don't know. Like again, I don't know what the timeline is. If, if we are to assume that these are classmates of Brenda and Eddie, the timeline gets pretty wonky here. Well, I mean, it also, be- but here's the thing. I mean, again, we'll get into it later, but it doesn't say that. Brenda and Eddie are in school when they get married or just out of school when they when they get married. You know, uh, they, you know what? Maybe you're right. Because maybe the, I had invented that. Well, no, I, but, I think I mean, it's, they, I, no, I don't think you invented it. I think it's a a very, um, you know, that it's it's not a long jump to go there because they do talk about them being the king and queen of the prom. And but right. I do think that there might it might be the type of thing where where it's like, you, you know, you've been going steady for 11 years. You got to do <laughs> right. something here. Well, you know what? Let, then let's, do we, have any, well, do we have anything else to say about this? I mean, my point was, I was honestly surprised that no one had 
tried to figure out what the song about New Orleans was, if it's anything. I mean, it might just be like, that was like a standard topic for a song in the 60s was a song about New Orleans. Like, obviously, there's like, you know, um, well, I think, I think on- House of the Rising Sun or something yeah. like that. That's, might just that's be- the only thing I could think of. Right. Um, well, I mean, but you gotta, you've got to, but the timing would work. That was 1964. Right. I mean, the only problem with that, that just isn't, not that it's impossible. That just doesn't feel like a song you dance to. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, I don't feel like you turn on the house of the rising sun. Like, Hey everybody, let's do like the twist or whatever. It just, it doesn't seem like well, a, a, a fun dancey hanging out at the village green song, but maybe, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Or again, maybe it's just more of like a generic thing. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think the, 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 you know, the obvious answer is that it's Dixieland jazz. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, sure. you know, I mean, on the at the Village Green in New York, I'll tell you on Long Island, Dixieland jazz was huge with the teenagers oh. in the early 70s, late 60s. Yeah. Just, I mean, you couldn't. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't swing a cat without hitting a <laughs> sure. Dixieland without, jazz uh, band. You couldn't swing a cat without knocking a uh, straw hat off someone's right. head. Exactly. <laughs> Brenda Renetti the popular steadies and the king and the queen of the farm riding around with the car top down and the radio on nobody looks any finer always more of a hit at the parkway diner we never knew we could want more than that out of life sure the fender and eddie would always know how to survive oh, oh. and then it says brendan eddie we're still going steady in the summer of 75 now I want to say, <laughs> if if we are to assume, so Brendan and Eddie are the king and the queen of the prom, if they are still going steady 10 years later, yeah. if, that's what, if that's what you're saying, even just the phrase going steady seems <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. really weird, right? Like, And also, because everyone acts like they're rushing into this, like, well, you, ca- you guys can't get married. It's like, we've been going out for 10 years. Right. Either yeah. we're going to get married or we're not. We have joint gonna- bank accounts. We're going to you-know-what or get off the pot because we've been going steady, quote-unquote. I've been pinned for a decade here, guys. We got to do this. I mean, it's also weird just on a meta level that, like, for a Billy Joel song that it's like they're going, you know, they're still going steady in the summer of 75. Like, you would think he would say 65, right? Just because he's thinking of his high school years, right? The fact that he's setting this contemporary in contemporary times um, Again, to the song seems surprising. If frankly. you think about it, I, I actually think it makes it a little sadder or more complex if they've been going out for this long just because of the way the marriage works out. Um, right. That everybody's like, you have to be married. And they're like, we don't want to conform to your you know, social norms, like societal norms. And then it turns out it's, that's the worst thing for them. Well, but the problem is, is that they say they're getting married and everyone says they were crazy. Well, that's true. That's true, too. So they're not. No one's pressuring them to get married. That In fact, people true. are physically saying, don't do this. So, I, I mean, look, I, I have no evidence to prove otherwise, but it just doesn't feel like they could have been going out for really? 10 years. I think they've got to be like a year out of high school yeah. at the very least, right? Um, and you're just, you're just two crazy kids. We're right. 44. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, maybe. Hmm. Oh, I'm trying to piece this together. Okay. Um, well, why are you Michael's doing that? Michael's getting his string out and his thumbtacks. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I do want to point out that uh, the Parkway Diner is a real place. 
Love it. Um, on Long Island, New York, where uh, Billy Joel grew up. Uh, grew up. Um, and any chance yeah. we've been there? You know, I've driven past it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it still exists. Oh. actually, uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Don't uh, don't think that it's gospel. <laughs> But yeah, I've definitely—I don't know if I've been there. I, again, I've definitely driven past it, um, and uh, yeah. So I, I will tell you, anybody who was like the big hit at the diner, that was a big deal. Like, er- oh yeah, the the cool couple in high school who basically hold court at the diner—that is—that's Long Island royalty right there. That is Long <laughs> no, Island literally. royalty yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. wait. Okay, you got it, Michael. I think nope, lost it. Just reread something and nope, because okay. they were they were together in high school, right? I'm trying to think like if maybe there was a point that they weren't together and then they got back together. Yeah, they were, but they were still going steady. That's the thing; they're still going steady. So or maybe this right. is I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Look, guys, I think we just have to accept the fact that it just doesn't add up. You know. Doesn't add up. What can I tell you? No. I don't know what to say. But I mean, Billy Joel um, could let us know if he's like Brenda and Eddie are real people. They dated for ten years, then right. got married, and it was a complete nightmare. That is, yeah. <laughs> and everybody Total said at ten at ten years, everybody said you've, you're still rushing into this. Well, and you both should live too, with your parents for a little longer. I mean, from you know, from our point of view, when we listen to this song, obviously the summer of '75 was a long time ago, right? So it wasn't until you actually break it down that you start being like, wait a minute, like when is <laughs> right. when is this happening? Because I was like, oh yeah, it's 1975. It was a, that was a long, long time ago. Um, but you know, there is still a 10 year gap, right? That doesn't yeah. that doesn't add up. So. Or or this is a song about the future. This is supposed to be his Rocket Man or something, where it takes place. <laughs> you in think the this future. is the year 2075? This is no. I'm saying that. Oh, <laughs> I'm saying that like oh this. Oh sure, they were going still going steady in '75, but this this song itself takes place in you know 1987. So they're you know they were kids in high school. Oh okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That so the people who are talking in the restaurant, it's it's 1987. Right, or it's the future it's, it's time of 1987 time. to them. Oh okay, okay. Well, I just I just wanted to say if you were saying it was the year 2075, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what the future is going to hold, Rachel. But I knew know one thing for sure: Sears will not exist uh, in <laughs> fifty-five years. Oh, they've got a trick up their sleeve. Let me tell you. Uh, well, okay. I think so- also we're sort of assuming, like, yeah, they were going steady in high school, and they were the king, 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 and the queen of the prom. Right. Doesn't mean that it was a good relationship. Like, where, like, oh, once they get married, everything's going to be fine. Like, they might have been popular at the diner, but it could have been like, oh, God, Brenda and Eddie are here. Right. Well, well, I mean, I I, I disagree with you only because I think you're right in that they're a good couple for going out in high school and hanging out at the diner, right? It's the moment any reality comes into it that they yeah. immediately fall apart. That's right. Right? right. Um, but, but, okay, so let's, so Brenda and Eddie with the part for the steadies. And the king and the queen of the prom. Running around with the car top down and the radio on, nobody looked any finer or was more of a hit at the Parkway Diner. Now, this is a good line. We never knew we could want more than that out of life. Mm-hmm. 
And surely Brenda and Eddie would always know how to survive. So from, from the vantage point of the high school kids, right? First of all, being the popular kids and being the king and the queen of the prom and being a hit at the Parkway Diner, we never imagined we could want more than that. Right. That, that's, that's all there was to life. And then also, obviously, Brenda and Eddie, since they were the king and the queen of the prom, and since they were the king and the queen of the Parkway Diner, they would always, right, they're always going to be okay. Yeah, they've got right? it figured yeah. out. Yeah, you got it figured out. There's no way that anything could ever possibly go wrong for them, right? Um, and so, I mean, I just think that's awesome. Uh, the yes. way. Well, and I love the way that it's not like, you know, he doesn't, he's not like, hey, by the way, we were dumb kids. Like, he leaves it for you to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Right? Um, which is awesome. And again, I just, I love the line. We never knew we could want more than that out of life. I just think is a, is a great line and it's so evocative and leaves right. so much open yeah and it supports you to, fill in. to your point it supports why they were doing great you right. know brenda and eddie like once there is more to life than that they fall right. apart yeah well and it's and again and it's not just it's not just everyone who's not brenda and eddie it's also brenda and eddie who don't realize they could ever want more than that of life right like they're like we're we're golden forever like nothing's ever gonna stop us like this is this is we're just gonna keep coasting forever and ever. Brenda and Eddie were still going steady in the summer of '75 when they decided the marriage would be at the end of July. Everyone said they were crazy. Brenda, you know that you're much too lazy, and Eddie could never afford to live that kind of life. I do want to say, I don't know who Brenda and Eddie's parents and, and family and friends are. Um, they may have many positive and negative qualities, but they are brutally honest uh, <laughs> with Brenda and Eddie. Yeah. Because they, they decided the marriage would be at the end of July. Everyone said they were crazy. Brenda, you know that you're much too lazy. And Eddie could never afford to live that kind of life. But there we were waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye. Could you imagine going up to your friend and being like, hey, I'm getting married in July. And your friend's like, you're way too lazy. Like, what? Uh, hey, how about this? Screw you, lady. Oh, did, <laughs> how, about, how does that sound? I'm oh, sorry. How about, how about let me just take back this wedding invitation real quick? Yeah, it's a, it's a real good it way to shorten face. the guest list. Exactly. And then, and then, oh, so maybe don't open up that um, will you be my maid of honor gift I just gave you. <laughs> sure. Well, I just um, picture the two of them like walking into the room and like, Brenda's got her hand sticking out, like looking, showing off her ring, like we're getting married, and just her friends being like, "You're crazy! You're crazy!" Yeah. I like that. I do. I like the fact that Brenda's just just lazy, and Eddie could never afford to live that kind of life. What kind of life? What kind the of life? Married life? What kind of? Right. What do you need to afford? Like, how well, are I you guess, living I mean, right now that you can't afford to live just with Brenda? I mean, or just I guess saying Brenda's not going to work. I think that's the thing. Right? I think that's and it. I, I think she's she's too, too lazy to work. 
and has expensive tastes and Eddie can't afford it. Right. Or nothing. If nothing else, she's too lazy to work and Eddie just can't afford two people. Right. Yeah. He can only afford right. himself at the moment. So. Um, but everybody goes, but everybody does what, what always winds up happening. They say, no, this is going to be great. And everybody goes like this. All right. All right. All right. You got to make your own <laughs> mistakes. We're just going to uh, wave goodbye to you. Right. I mean, I'm just going to go up to your face, tell you you're lazy, that you're a lazy piece of crap. Yeah. And then after that, my hands are clean. There's nothing else I can do about it. Um, <laughs> as they're as they're driving off to their honeymoon, literally everybody at the wedding turns and says, I give it like two weeks. Who has two right. weeks? Two weeks? <laughs> right. God, this is a also, horrible wedding. Ted says right. three weeks. Okay, Ted, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, Always the optimist, Ted. And 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 you see the the camera shot right of the car pulling away right and everyone's waving right and then the camera turns around and you see the back of the car and on the back it just says she's too lazy uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so okay so there we were waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye um now this this part this is what, first of all this is where the song starts rocking this song so is that's, really cooking but when they they're part. waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye that's that thing in movies where the bride and the groom like leave in the middle of their wedding <laughs> yes. right yes. to go on did their honeymoon that, can I ask an honest question yes did that used to happen I think so people would okay. go right to their honeymoon so is the idea of like a wedding reception kind of a new concept for let's say this kind of a new concept for the middle class. Right, I'm sure rich people had giant parties, right? Like in The Godfather, that's like a reception, that's like a wedding reception, right? But I, but what was the idea? Like if you were sort of middle class, you would you would get married and then you would just leave, right? There was no reception. Well, in the 1940s, I think there would be like very small receptions, but I mean, I th- I when I picture them, but I'm saying like, leaving, I'm sorry, it's I from did. their reception. Yeah. Oh, from, but but there are, the but church. there are movies right where, where they run out of the church and people are waving goodbye. Right, and they're like going on their honeymoon, like in, like in, um, in a, uh, um, what the? Why can't I think of the name of the movie? In a, it's a Wonderful Life, right? They're not going, they're not coming, they're not leaving from a wedding reception, aren't they? Just leaving and going to the airport, and then the the building alone. There's around the building alone, right? I don't think there's a wedding. Re- I don't think there's a party in between there. Oh, there might be. Oh, right? Mr. and Mrs. Potter. Yeah, 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 Mr. and Mrs. No, Potter. What a, in whatever. jail. Um, I'm just saying. Then- I'm just saying. Like you know. I, 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 and I'm asking. I just always felt like there's that scene of, of them like waving from the church, I, right? And people are leaving. But I, I'm also wondering if maybe that's just like a narrative convenience because it makes it clear right. if you're if you're leaving a church with a wedding dress on, the audience go, oh, they just got married. I think it's um, that. Okay. I think it's that. Well, again, and like I said, like in The Godfather, they're having like a big fancy wedding reception. But that's also because like The Godfather is super rich. So I was right. wondering if maybe that was only like a rich person thing until like, modern times, no i think you know? they, I, I mean i also there's also a lot of a, a lot of uh uh movies where they'll be like oh i'm home from away and here's my bride and you're like what do you mean here's your bride i've never met this right. person before you just getting married left and right yeah so uh i think it's more for the convenience of storytelling i gotcha I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It just always sort of struck me weird where, like, the bride and the groom in movies, like, will leave in the middle of the reception. Like, they don't get to enjoy their own party and, like, go right. on their honeymoon. And everyone else just hangs out and has a good time without them. Yeah. 
I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like the, even the, the and it's totally random, but the early seasons of the Mary Tyler Moore show, like, you know, the opening credits sort of set up the storyline, but she's at her goodbye party, which apparently was scheduled for the day that she's leaving. And she mm-hmm. leaves in the middle of it to drive to Minneapolis and everyone just like hangs out and they're like, bye, Mary, but you're in my house. <laughs> Like, today's yeah, not a good know. day for the party I'm packing. You know I'm leaving today. <laughs> but that's how, I, yeah, I mean, I because I feel like it's one of those things where, like, maybe, like, like um, you know, traditions sort of change. But, like, if it, you just sort of, you as a person who's not going to weddings, like, you don't notice the change happen. Does that, does that make sense? Well, listen, you know I, mean? I, think, like, I think also weddings have become crazy. There's parties. There's after parties. The, well, that's that what I'm saying. That used to happen. So I think that's where they're at. Is they were at their reception and then they basically, you know, they're like, we're going to go on our, I guess, honeymoon to Sears. Right. (laughs) Well, because also like, because also there's a ton of old movies. And again, this could just be for narrative convenience, I will admit. But there seems like there's also a ton of old movies. It's like, let's get married. Let's go to the Justice of the Peace today. Right. And get married. And it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, first of all, you're not going to have like a normal wedding. And then you're going to do it today. Like, you're not going to. I don't know. It just seems crazy. But again, I don't know how how likely or, or how common that was back then. Or if it was just a thing that like they're like, it happens in the movies because we got to we got to get this picture moving here. We just they're married now. OK, everyone happy. They're married. OK, it's done. <laughs> Movie's over. Go home. All right. We got a we got a we got a goofy cartoon to show. Let's get out of here. We got some newsreels. They got married. Everyone happy? Got okay. Some newsreels. I just I just want to imagine that every whole movie just ends with Jack Warner smoking a cigar, coming out, going like, "All right, they're married. Everyone's happy. Movie's over. Everyone go home. Okay. We got things to do. I got forty pictures to make here. The movie's over. This ain't a double feature. Uh, get out like, of here. And and not on film. Like in the individual theaters, just being like, "Go home." He's just driving from theater to theater <laughs> all over the country. <laughs> Movies on. We didn't shoot the ending, okay? They got married and it's over. They're happy, okay? Let's, let's go home. <laughs> Why'd you think it was going to end? It's a movie. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the song. Um, they dance so, around for a bit. You know how it goes. Go, go, go. I do want to say, because I, I love this part, um, so I want to I take my time here. But this is where the song really gets cooking. And he says, well, they got an apartment with deep pile carpets and a couple of paintings from Sears. A big wad of bed that they bought with the bread they had saved for a couple of years. They started to fight when the money got tight, and they just didn't count on the tears. Um, so, first oh, of all, the, the rhyming is awesome. <laughs> yes. Right? And this is the only time in the song that it happens where it's the lines one, three, and five rhyme, right? And then two, four, and six rhyme with each other. Um, and then it was just so like they got an apartment with deep pile carpets and a couple of paintings from Sears. Like that is such a like evocative, like you know exactly who these people are. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. They are they are grasping at some sort of level that's above them, right? But they don't even really know what it is. It's just like, oh, you have an apartment, you get a, you get a couple of paintings, but they buy them at Sears, right? Not that I'm putting down buying paintings at Sears, right. but I'm just saying, like, you know, they're just like, oh, they're just like playing at being adults. Yeah. Right? Like, because if you were smart, you would buy an apartment and like maybe wait to buy some paintings, right? From Sears. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't spend all your money right away. And you probably like, wouldn't try spend, to build up to that. You also probably wouldn't spend all your money on a, on a waterbed that you save right. years for a waterbed. 
Right, right. You saved all this money for years, and you blow it on a on a water bed. Right. Like, you just buy a normal bed, right? And probably for half the cost. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, water beds, I mean, those just are not things anymore. Do you think the beds in a... <laughs> this is, a, I guess, a bit of a tangent, but do you mm-hmm. think the beds in a box, like Casper's and Lisa's and, those, and Purple's, those, those mattresses in a box... Do you think that those are going to be the waterbeds of our time where it's like everybody thought they were had to have these, you know, <laughs> these mattresses in a box, but now nobody has one? Well, so, I mean, I mean, we could kiss that sponsorship deal. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Listen, well, I, I don't have know. one of those. I'm just curious. I mean, well, I have one, too. I mean, I think uh, what are you asking that? Because like because it's that foam is I think the fo- I mean, the fo- again, every- Casper, yeah. Casper, come back because I think the foam is much better than the springs. Listen, right? I the old springs. I, I will say this. I have a Lisa mattress and I love it, but mm-hmm. I, it's the best night's sleep I've ever had. Yeah. But water beds, people thought water beds were like the best thing. And they were like, oh, it's so good. It soothes you to sleep. It was bizarre. It it's super you had weird. Big balloons of water in your home. Well, I'm gonna because I was gonna say this. Water beds were super weird. They do still exist theoretically. Um, but yes, water beds are weird. Theoretically, First of all, in that you can put water in a bag and sleep on it. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I I have slept on a water bed. I found it incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and this was at a, this was before I was like an old man. Like I I, I was a teenager. And so I could have slept like curled up in a box um, on the ocean and would have been fine. I found the waterbed to be uncomfortable, frankly. Um, there also was a slight problem that when my a friend of mine had a waterbed, I fell asleep. I, I got really drunk and fell asleep on the waterbed and then rolled into like the crack <laughs> yeah. and almost suffocated to death yep. because I was too drunk to pull myself up. <laughs> and the waterbed was like squishing into my face. Um, that's another that's a story from another time. Um and then all the other thing was you had to warm them because it was water. If it was cold out, they would get freezing cold. So you had to warm the water in the waterbed, right? So that Wait, was a, so were you I, sleeping in one of those outdoor waterbeds? Because I think that's just a covered pool, Dan. No. <laughs> <laughs> you were just sleeping on a pool cover. Mm-hmm. You know what? As you're talking, this is starting to really add up. This is making a lot of sense. How drunk um, were you? No, like I don't think it's I don't think it's necessary. But like I said, I mean, no, yeah. it is water, so it would like cool off. So you would like I think the the more popular whatever the more expensive ones uh, would warm them. So again, I slept on a warmed water bed. You feel like all night you've wet your pants. Um, <laughs> that's a problem. And then finally, they were like crazy heavy because yes. they were just a bag of water. So like if you needed to move it, you'd have to like drain the water out. Like it was a bad idea. Terrible. Bad idea. Do... What I'm saying is, is this episode is brought to you by Casper. Now, Casper, <laughs> Mag- no. I wish, I wish we had Casper mattresses. We let don't. Me, let me ask you something about water beds. Do the koi yeah. make it uncomfortable to sleep on? Uh, no. no, that's surprisingly, that's surprisingly okay. It's like a massage. Al- right. You can also, you can open the panel, stick your feet in, and they'll eat the, the, the stuff on the bottom of your feet, which is, <laughs> that part's nice. I did like that part. I did like that part. I'll tell you what, the um, sea you get a clear blankets. one. It's like sleeping on top of an aquarium. It's great. That's right. The sea kelp blankets. That's what really made it. <laughs> um, so, so they blew all their money on a waterbed when they should have just waited thirty years and got a Casper. Right. Um, but then uh, also, uh, right, and they started to fight when the money got tight. Another great line, uh, Bill, Billy. You're killing it on this one. They just didn't count on the tears. Right. So here's. Now reality has set in. Yeah. 
right? And the one thing they never considered is that there would be any problems. Right. Everything was always supposed to go smoothly for them forever. It just never occurred to them, well, what do we do if it doesn't? Right? Um, and they just didn't count on the tears. Uh, and, then, and then the saxophone goes crazy in mm-hmm. this song. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any other thoughts on Brendan Eddy's doomed No, I think I, marriage? And this is another, I mean, this is the thing about how old are they? Because I can see um, a couple, two years out of high school, who don't understand what it means to be an adult and take care of your money and things like that. They get a little bit of money. They probably got money from their wedding. And instead of putting it away, they've splurged all of it on this apartment, this one apartment and, uh, and a waterbed. And they can't move past it because they, because they're lazy and, you know, can't afford it. So right. that's the, that's the problem is, that's why I think yeah. maybe they are right out of high school. Because if you're, you know, if they're 10, 10 years into this relationship and neither of them have any prospects and they're like, well, we shouldn't have bought that waterbed because now right. we're screwed. Now we have no money. Then, I don't know. Well, but- I mean, and it's not to say someone in their early 30s can't make, like, bad decisions, right? Right. But it does feel like at some, if they've been dating for 10 years at high school, at some point they must have hit a rocky patch, right? right? Like, it, they're just... That seems in, unlikely that this is like a new concept to them, that what if we run into a problem? So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they, I, I mean, and honestly, given the year, I mean, even 75, I mean, they could be 19, right? Like, right. I mean, that was not uncommon. Um, I mean, my God, I can't imagine having actual real world responsibilities at 19. <laughs> Guys, did you not hear my story? I almost suffocated to death on a waterbed <laughs> when I was 19. Definitely should not have been getting married uh, yeah. at that time and, and taking on debt and like right. having to pay rent. Um, well, so, oh, go ahead, Michael. Well, I think something that's sort of interesting that sort of struck me as Rachel was talking, like the, the fact that they say that they're still going steady, maybe that sort of kind of points you in the direction of like their state of mind. Like maybe they're just the couple who. Like, they were the king and the queen of the prom, and they never got out of that. Like, there's that yeah, right, true. That line from Friends, which I'm going to paraphrase poorly, but you know how I always wanted to go out with Chip Matthews in high school? Tonight, I actually went out with Chip Matthews in high school. Like, right. these are the two people who were a big deal in high school, and they stayed there. Right. And right. this right. is, like, their first dealings with reality and, and adult life, and... You know, as soon as they get married and it's like, spend all that money on the waterbed and your Sears paintings. Right. Also, it's not a painting from Sears. It's a painting of Sears. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will say lyric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a nice Sears. Oh, it's beautiful. So great. I mean, you want that on your wall. You want that captured forever in beautiful oil painting on your wall. Well, yeah, I mean, Michael, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right because I think that line again, they're still going steady in the summer of '75. Like, I think they left high school, but high school had not left them, right? They're still yes. thinking in the in high school terms, um, even though they should be beyond that now, you know. So, just saying, using the term "going steady" beyond high school just points to the fact that they're still immature, yeah, to a certain degree, right? Um, and the people who are talking about them in the restaurant are like, oh, my God, Brendan's, Brenda and Eddie are, are still dating. No, they're they're going steady. 
Right. right. Like still? <laughs> quote, um, quote unquote, oh, going steady. Right. Well, oh, and speaking of that, thank you, Rachel. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you, Michael. Um, thank you, Rachel, as well, just for being you. You're great. Um, <laughs> but Are you thanking you, me for the painting of Sears that I got you? Yes, it's beautiful. It was between uh, really, that and gimbals. I didn't know. Thank you. No, it really draws the room together. Um, <laughs> it's, it, uh, it's just a room that's decorated to, with uh, paintings of different department stores. It's great. So the the evidence that this is in in part two that this is Brent uh, this is Eddie who's talking to Brenda as he says got a new wife right but the thing is the person who's telling this story can't be Eddie right or Brenda because the whoever this person is says there we were waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye right so if we are assuming that all of this is the same conversation this is snippets this is the phone call then it's sort of the awkward like you know whatever. Uh, small talk. Hey, got a new wife, got yeah. a new life. Yeah, the small talk. And then it's, there for whatever reason, he's telling his date this story about Brenda and Eddie. Um, if this person knows Brenda and Eddie or were there for it, this is weird. Although this could also be the guy just dominating the conversation. Like, let me mansplain <laughs> to you a thing that you know happened. Right. <laughs> um, that's not outside the realm of possibility. But for whatever reason, he's telling his date this story about Brenda and Eddie that he doesn't know. But again, this can't be Brenda and Eddie because it's obviously in the third person, unless Eddie is having some sort of like disassociative <laughs> episode or something. I don't know. But um, but oh, and before we move on, I do want to say one last thing is that I love I love the lyrics here and I love the the staccato way he's he's doing this, right? Because it's like they live for a ver- while in a very nice style, but it's always the same in the end. Like and the piano's like dun 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 because it just yeah. feels like you're. You're just heading towards a fate that's that's unavoidable. Inevitable, yeah. Right. Yep. You're just you're you're in a runaway train. The brakes are cut on the car, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, there's um, an intensity to it. This is always going to end the same way. Well, they live for a while in a very nice style, but it's always the same in the end. They got a divorce as a matter of course, and they parted the closest of friends. Then the king and the queen went back to the green, but you can never go back there again. Ooh. Um, Ugh. Oh. So I, good. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's great. <laughs> It's great. And I mean, I love that, you know, they, they parted the closest of friends, right? Um, which I don't buy, but we'll get there. In a <laughs> well, I just, I feel like, I feel like it was probably civil, right? You're like but somebody else like, in the restaurant. Like, no, they didn't. <laughs> well, I'm saying, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it was that, like they necessarily hated each other. Right. But I feel like, I think they did a lot of growing up, right. Over, over the course of, we'll talk about it. Yeah, possibly yeah, as short yes, as two yes. months um <laughs> or i should say as long as two months yeah. possibly even shorter than that but they did a lot of growing up right and they realized like this was this was a mistake so they they got a divorce but I, they're not they're not the same as they were right they can't just right. be like oh we're still friends like not not really we're ending this civ- civilly 
but you know, the, we I, we can't ever we can't ever forget that like our huge mistake involved you, or they were <laughs> so, just or they were just doling out their friends. They they parted the closest of friends, so you get this oh. part of our friends, <laughs> and we get this part of our friends. <laughs> um. So, uh, so they parted the closest of friends, and then and this is the part again. The king and the queen went back to the green, but you can never go back there again. First of all, they're still thinking in high school terms. Yes. Right? They're trying to go back to the green. A, my God, if they are 10 years out of high school and they're going to hang out at the green. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> that is rough. Yeah. I'm really aye, hoping aye, aye. that they're that they're 20 years old at the, at the earliest. But or that they're, they're still- mentally and emotionally going back to the green. I don't know. I feel like they are trying to go back to who they were. Right? So, yeah. So, maybe they're not technically going back but they're trying to go back to who they were but they can't now they're now like divorced and in debt right yeah. things because because when you're the king and the queen of the prom everything's always going perfectly for you the moment that's that's not true anymore you can never go back you can never go back to having uh you know a perfect record right because now you're you're you, you've already been through the rough spot yeah so you know and um, so they got it. a divorce as a matter of course like first of all wow well that's done. like just I'm, i mean I, internal... as we said many times let's let's do the chef kiss yeah uh for the line perfect the internal, internal rhyme, rhyme is great the 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 and just like of course they got divorced right, of, right. like this was not gonna end well of course that's what yeah. happened yeah well that and that's the thing i mean it's like you're saying like it's that it's everyone telling them they're crazy and then that that rushing the staccato like bum 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 there's not there's no way to avoid it and then, of course, we all knew this was coming. Like Rachel said, everyone was like, "What do you got? Two weeks um, at the wedding?" Because and you know they, what they they might have they all won that they might have all won that bet. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> they had everybody at the wedding just had like a one month calendar, and they were like, "Everybody pick a day." Exactly. And they, they were like, <laughs> "Yeah." But it's the end of July, and it's like, "Yeah, two weeks." Yep. You got two weeks to pick from. Um, there's also again great here because we said the internal line they got a divorce as a matter of course. But the, again, one, three, and five all have that. They lived for a while in a very nice style. They got a divorce as a matter of course. The king and the queen went back to the green. Oh, my God. But you can never go back there again. He's very good. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. And it's one of those things that, like, you don't know. Obviously, you don't maybe pick up on um, the first time you hear it or even the millionth time you hear it if you don't, like, examine the lyrics. But it just feels so good. Yeah. Right? It just it's subconsciously. Just, yeah. Right? All those rhymes, like, and the fact that each line does it in succession. It's not just the one line that does it. He he does each line in a way that makes sense. It's just like, oh, man, it just feels great. Like, it just feels great. Um, Billy Joel uh, might be pretty good at songwriting. Yeah. He is all right. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get to that. Um, so, uh, so now we, we kind of, in a way, almost take a step back. Because now we're like, Brenda and Eddie had had it already by the summer of 75. From the high to the low to the end of the show for the rest of their life. Um, and, and I think that's what you were talking about. <laughs> shall like, we now, stop? Yeah, should we just dissect that part to start with? Well, the only thing I was just, but, but before we get there, I just want to say that was sort of what Michael was talking about, what we were talking about, was that now, forever and ever, to the, to the, for the rest of their lives, they always had this thing went wrong, right? They're always going to be divorced. There's no right. way to go back now. There's no yep. way to go back to being the perfect Brenda and Eddie from the high to the low to the end of the show for the rest of their lives, 
this, this at least at the very least, they're always gonna be like, well, I got married and I got divorced. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, they can't ever be perfect again. In possibly um, the same afternoon. Who knows? Right. Well, they got married in the summer of 75. <laughs> they had had it <laughs> already the by the summer of 75. Not even the <laughs> winter of 75. The summer. If yeah. we are being, if we are, if we are giving the benefit of the doubt that they are following the seasons to a T and not using Memorial or not using Labor Day. <laughs> Oh, God, I hope they're not using Labor Day. They have till September 21st. That's true. And they got married at the end End of of July. July. That is less than two months for it. And they they said they lived for a while in a very nice style. What is a while? A long weekend? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez Louise. I do think if I think this is a great song, I think if you're going to heavily examine the lyrics. Yeah. Right. I do think that this is potentially the one flaw in this song. Be, if only because, because they say they started to fight when the money got tight. How is that possible? I mean, unless they literally blew every cent they had. Right. Oh, I think the money got tight like the week after the wedding. But that's but even if like if they're buying stuff on credit, right, and like layaway, the bills won't even be due. Like if we're saying <laughs> right. our cutoff is September twenty first, if they got married at the end of July, so we're talking August and and half of september there's no way that the money's already tight i mean again unless they literally have spent every cent they have i think they and, did like, can't buy groceries but that that's, that's i mean Sears that's insane. credit card that's Bill really insane due, and they said i mean eddie's no gonna way get we're doing this i mean at least eddie's gonna get paid at the end of the week right i mean this is 1970s you could have a nothing job and then they just handed you cash every friday it was amazing it was a utopia um <laughs> So, I mean, again, I mean, unless, unless, I don't know, unless they have zero money coming in. But again, I mean, even, you can't even get evicted from your apartment in a month and a half. Even if, even if, even if at the end of, but, you know, September 1st, they were like, we don't have the money to pay you. No, but I will like, say this. I, I don't think it's a matter of they're destitute and thrown on the streets. I think it's that they are fed up with each other. They've had it already I, with each other, not with the money. Like, but, I, I, do no, think, but the, I do think they don't have money, and maybe right. the writing is on the wall for that. And so they've maxed out their credit cards. They've used all their cash reserves because they went, they, went to Fiji, they went to Fiji for a week, and then they bought a waterbed. That waterbed cost $15,000, <laughs> and that was I mean, all they had. Here's the thing, because I'm going to tell you the truth. If that is true, I'm losing a lot of sympathy for Brenda and Eddie. <laughs> Because, like, I get it. You're young. You don't understand how the world works. You blow through all your money without realizing it. But if you are starting to fight when the money got tight a month in, guys, come on. You got to have some idea that you're going to need money beyond tomorrow. Well, I mean, I think this is their their first uh, experience with like reality. I Again, I agree. But I feel like after six months... You start to fight, right, when the money got tight because the bills are coming due now and Eddie's not bringing in as much from the mechanic job that he has or whatever. That's when you start fighting. I just, I can't imagine it's a month in. I just, that seems highly unlikely. Right. Uh, that they're starting to, not, not, they could be sick of each other. Don't get me wrong. Like, people, like, get married and they have the marriage annulled the next day because they realize they can't stand each other. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying the one line where they say, they started to fight when the money got tight. There's no way the money got tight a month and a half. Unless, again, these guys are the 
biggest dumb dumbs to ever come down from dumb dumb mountain uh and like literally spent every cent they had <laughs> um you know it's it's it just it just doesn't make sense so i will say i do feel like having said all that i do feel like maybe that is the one flaw it just feels like a like a joke you know because like they got married in the summer of 75 and they got divorced in the summer of 75 it happened so fast i feel like you know if it was like the winter of 75 it would make a little bit more sense at least right you give them six months until they <laughs> until they you know right. realize they don't have any money and they're and they're having big fights about it and they and they call it quits and, um, but the other thing is this is also somebody else's telling of the story well that's the other thing that so maybe this, this guy at the italian restaurant it yeah. could be like oh yeah they were divorced in like two months right that's it could have been like uh it was a year thank you yeah right. <laughs> that's true that's true i mean that's the other interpretation as someone who has terrible uh, 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 what's the word I want? I, I have a terrible sense of time. So I am often saying things like, oh yeah, that happened six months ago. My wife's like, that happened five years ago, you <laughs> idiot. So it is very possible that this guy also is just wrong, right? That he's just getting the dates wrong. Or he's even just trying to be funny. I mean, like, I think right. it was over by the summer of 75. Like, really, it was like, you know, February of 76. But this guy's like, it just felt like it just happened they were divorced almost immediately. So that's another possibility that, that this guy is just an un- unreliable narrator. And yeah. they right. could also, they didn't, they weren't like divorced living apart by the end of the summer. They were, they had had it. Right. Maybe right. they're not divorced, divorced They're. Yeah. I mean, that's also, yeah, yeah. that they were done by they the summer. 75 and they, they still got divorced later. Yeah. I guess so. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I still wish it was winter of 75, but what are you going to do? <laughs> All I know uh, is that, like, the amount of care that Billy Joel clearly took with each and every one of these words, I don't think saying summer of 75 in that line is a mistake. Oh, I don't think it's a mistake. I Like, again, I think like it's, it's very to, intentional. I But I do think it's supposed to be kind of a joke, right? Which I, a joke that when you when you think about it, it doesn't totally make sense, right? Or... But I think, I mean, or, the first... I will also say the first hundred times I heard the song, I never thought about. It. Well, that's so, that's the thing I was gonna say. Or maybe he didn't think that three dum dums in you know right. thirty five years were gonna start talking about. <laughs> like, so. well, first of all, that's his that's his mistake. He should have yeah, seen. How could he not know that? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. And the second thing is, um, yeah. I mean, maybe just summer of seventy five just sounds better lyrically. I mean, than it does. Winter of seventy five. Right. Yeah. So the yeah, repetition I mean, of it. Maybe of he, the seventy five. Maybe it's just like I like I like the way this sounds, and those three people on a podcast, which I don't even know what that is in nineteen uh, seventy seven, but those three people can go screw themselves because I think seven seventy five sounds sounds better. Right. Um, but it's also but okay. there's also something very evocative about that where it starts at the beginning of the summer and then by the end of the summer as things are turning into fall and it's getting colder and darker. <laughs> right. It ends. Right. Yeah. But it's a I mean, marriage again, ending. It's not, this isn't like, you know, this isn't summer loving from Greece. They got right. married. They, they got had married. a long-term relationship, got married, and then decided two months in, nah, nah. Turns out we were better at just being, going steady. Yeah. <laughs> but. I mean, again, I think, and I think if, like, the end of June rhymed with, uh, uh, what is the oh, uh, you know, marriage should be at the end of June. Like, I think if that rhymed, then it would be June. But he's like, it July rhymes better, so <laughs> right. everyone can go screw themselves. Um, 
the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm, and I'm going to try to wrap this up because, guys, we are have been talking for an hour. <laughs> um, Brett uh, and I had already by the summer of 75 from the high to low to the end of the show for the rest of their lives. So, so I, but the one thing I want to say is this kind of, and I think it works, but this kind of repeats the information from the stanza before it, right? Because we already know they got divorced. And then he says, Brendan and I had already by the summer of 75, blah, blah, blah. They couldn't go back to the greasers, right? So that's yep. kind of a repeat of what happened before. The best they could do was pick up their pieces. We always knew they would both find a way to get by. And that's all I've heard about Brenda and Eddie. I can't tell you more because I told you already. And here we are waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye. Right? So, and I think it's, I think that line is great because not only are they, they were waving goodbye to Brenda and Eddie after the wedding or after the reception, depending on how it worked. Um, but they were waving goodbye to Brenda and Eddie. Now they're waving goodbye to Brenda and Eddie as well here, but I think they're also waving goodbye to the idea of Brenda and Eddie. So, yeah. Okay, so I will say this. I here is my thought. Okay. And and I think you're right. Like maybe there is a place and and I could be swayed. I think there is a place where you could say that they're waving the idea of Brenda and Eddie and goodbye. But when he says the best they could do is pick up their pieces, we always knew they would both find a way to get by. In my head, even as a kid, I was like, "Oh, they decided they do want to be together and they're waving goodbye to them because they've decided to get remarried." Oh, interesting. Because here we are waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye. So maybe it's not the, maybe this isn't the fall of 75. But maybe they tried to, they, they got divorced. They tried to figure out what was out there. They realized that there wasn't anything out there except each other. And now it's 77 and they're waving Brenda and Eddie goodbye because they've decided to pick up the pieces and, and make another go of it. Hmm. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Certainly and never saw it that way. I, I have seen it that way for my entire life. I'm not going to lie mm. to you. My entire can, life I've seen it that way. Can I ask you a question? What is it like to be right. wrong for that long? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, why I always... You, why, I just... why you want to prepare yourself for when you're wrong about this? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow, I'm That's, not getting I... involved in this. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have an what can I say? But it's uh, listen, no, I, I love would it. Feel differently if they didn't say the best they could do was pick up their pieces. We always knew they would both find a way to get by. Well, I think they just mean that they're gonna survive, right? They're, they'll find a way through together. I don't know if it's together though. I don't. It doesn't have to be together. Well, then they, let me ask. They're gonna you. pick. They're gonna pick up the pieces of their now broken lives because they're not. By the way, they're probably both very much in debt. Right at this point. <laughs> right. So, and I realize that debt in 1975 is not the same as 2020, but debt's debt. I mean, you know, so if nothing else, financially, they're, they're ruined they for the time being. They had to split being. the waterbed. It was a mess. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, we're making them sound like, I don't know, like cartoon characters at this point. Like, oh, it split the waterbed. Oh, no. Um, but uh, we're divorced in a month and a half. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, again, I just always saw it as like they they picked up the pieces of the the of what they had left, and they moved forward, and and you know they were it, this wasn't going to break them, but now you know they're they're but, not as as perfect as they used to be. Right, and I will say this: I mean, the reason when you were talking about at the beginning, could this be Eddie talking to Brenda? That was my the reason my answer was no. It's not Eddie talking to Brenda. Was because they're they're still together in my mind they're still together and 
everybody's just like those two crazy kids. I can't believe we're back here waving <laughs> goodbye to them again. Did you get them another gift? Because I did not. It was way too soon. I don't. I that's a great question. Do you have to buy a second gift for a remarriage? Heck no. Great, great question. I don't think so. I to, think you just show to them the, the- to the same the same person. Yeah, I think you just show them the statement where you the credit card statement of I'm still paying off your last gift. <laughs> is um, uh is Ann Landers or Dear Abby still alive? Is it either one of them? <laughs> let's let's find out. Let's ask. Here. Um so, anyway, that's my that's my thought about how right. this ends up. I think I think that is a valid interpretation. Thank you. Rachel, um I personally in my mind they are not back together. But I right. could be wrong. I I could very easily be wrong. Um once again, just to be clear, almost suffocated to death on a waterbed. So I'm not, I, no one should ever consider me an expert on literally anything um, other than how not to die while drunk sleeping on a waterbed. Right. Um, because the answer is stay in the middle, kids. Stay in the middle. <laughs> um, I have so, two things to say. Okay, please. Um, one, just to go back a couple of lines. And as I'm like rereading it and thinking about it, like, what a brilliant and sort of sad line this is. They couldn't go back to the greasers. Mm-hmm. The greasers aren't there anymore. In 1975. Right. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, what the? Oh, Billy, this time I make no sense. <laughs> the Where the hell are the greasers? Like early, it's like I didn't even think of that. It's 75. Yeah. Oh, Billy. Well, no, no, no. Billy, no, I... I think, no, I think it's really smart. I, they were greasers in high school. And now been. that they're divorced, they want to go back to that, but that's not there anymore. But again, it's basically I mean, saying again, high school is not there anymore. Works, the only way that works is if they had a 10-year engagement, which and doesn't I, make I'm, any sense. I'm, no, but I don't think they had a 10-year engagement. No, they, they were they going went, steady for 10 years. They were going steady for 10 years. The engagement well, whatever, was like three whatever. weeks. But that's right. We ha- I think we have to live under that world, <laughs> that, uh, in that universe. But that doesn't make that any timeline. sense, though. That How does it not make not? sense? Because they're rushing into a wedding. You can't rush no, into a wedding not, after 10 years. No, Wait, they're not, we, nobody said they're rushing. Everybody didn't we said literally just talk about this for, for like a half hour. an hour? <laughs> but I'm saying, but they, they were still going steady in the summer of 75 when they decided the marriage would be the end of July. Everyone said they were crazy. Nobody said they were rushing into it. They just said they were crazy. Yeah. But then what is the end game here for them to just be <laughs> dating forever? Like, yes, we just se- talked about that. But in 1975, <laughs> there's no way that, that everyone's okay with them just dating, like, forever. I mean, I maybe, like, you know what I mean? Maybe they I mean, are because they're like, oh, these two should not get married. They're not prepared for real life. Yeah, they're lazy I mean, deadbeats. There's no so. way they I mean, I guess it. so. So, I, yeah. anyway, my point and is... It just doesn't make, but again, then that makes me feel zero sympathy. If they are 35 years old, they get married and blow every cent that they have, and they're fighting over the money after a couple of weeks. Then these guys are idiots. Like you got to be right. kidding me! How could you? You? They've been living on their own for years at this point. How could this be such a surprise to them? I don't know. But the, the I feel like this was matter. our whole conversation. I feel like, the, but I'm saying, I'm saying the timeline doesn't add up. It does Even add up. They, if they have been on their own for ten years, yes, but they might not have been on their own. If they are, if they, if they are traditional Italian, Brenda and Eddie are traditional Italians. I'll tell you what, they both live with their parents. 
I agree with you. But if they are traditional Italians who live with their parents, there's no way that their parents are letting them date for 10 years without getting married. Well, I will say they're going to say either get married or break it off. I don't know. I will say this. I don't want (laughs) to call out family members. But one of my aunts was exactly that. She had a long term boyfriend and they they never got married. Now, I don't know what my grandmother and grandfather thought about it, but Mm. it didn't phase her. All right. Well, Rachel, I have your aunt here. She's gonna... <laughs> Coming I mean, up I next, guess, Rachel's aunt. I guess it's possible. It just seems it just seems unlikely to me. You know what I mean? But I, I mean, I guess that's because you're to be honest Catholic. with you. No, but to be honest with you, first of all, that's a hate crime. Second of all, <laughs> to be honest with you, the evidence that we have in the song, I, I have no choice but to agree with you guys, because if yeah. they're going back to yeah, the sorry, greasers. Dan. But if they're going back to the greasers, the greasers are gone by 68. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is not even like, by 75, they are long gone. So these, yeah, these guys are, were going, quote unquote, steady into their early 30s. Yes. Which, yeah. frankly, is sad. Okay? And, the, and again, the fact that they did not understand how the world works at this point. Like, if they get married at 19 and don't understand how the world works, okay. Everybody makes mistakes. They had some growing up to do. If they are, what? It's 10 years later. So what are they? 20, 31? 29? Like, come on, guys. You got to know that you can't <laughs> buy paintings from Sears on credit. Like, you got, you know what I mean? Like, that's pathetic. Again, just to clarify, it's a painting of Sears. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> but that's the point. I think they, they, for however long after high school, they were still in the mentality of we are the king and the queen of the prom. Like, they were... They were still oh, in high school. They were the the big fish in the little pond. And then reality hits. And when they get divorced, the line says they couldn't go back to the greasers. And what I think is so tragic about that, or not tragic, but like from their perspective, tragic, they couldn't go back to the greasers because the world has passed them by. The greasers are right. not there anymore. That part of their life is not there. Everybody has moved on. They're not in high school. And that's what's sad. Yes. My second point uh-huh. is we're in this Italian restaurant and everybody's talking about Brenda and Eddie and all these things that happened in high school. So here's my theory that I just thought of, and it might not be well thought out at all. Ooh, okay. I'm excited to poke holes. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, could this be, since they are in, in, at least in our interpretation, several conversations, but what are the chances that all these people in this restaurant at one time are talking about high school? Could this be a high school reunion? Oh, it could be. And it could be. when they wave goodbye to Brenda and Eddie, is that them leaving the reunion? Ooh, Ooh and are I they like leaving that. together? Ooh. I like that. My oh my gosh, that's really good, Michael. No holes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So the either either the first and the second conversation or just the second conversation is Brenda and Eddie. Right. Oh no, but Bre- but Eddie has a new wife. If the second part is him, oh, and I don't, I don't like think that. it right. is. Okay. Okay. But so th- that could not. that could be okay, somebody some rando at the uh at the Right, you're right. Okay. 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 Reunion. So th- I think it can't be. I think it, then in that case it can't be Eddie. And part could one be, but I hope it's not. Part one could be the invitation they get in the mail. 
Okay. Aww. So and it was written by somebody from the poetry club or something. <laughs> right. So this is so this is random conversations, snatches of conversation at the uh Syosset High School reunion. <laughs> <laughs> and and right. And then Brendan and Eddie get back together at the reunion and they leave together. Oh um, my god. Love that. I like it. I I mean, do they often have high school reunions at Italian restaurants? I mean, they could. I don't know that they. they again, could. it's if not it's a like TV show place. or movie where where the reunion is at, at the at high the school. High school. <laughs> right. No, I I know that's. I not, well, I mean, not, it, it depends on how. Again, this could be the future too, but it depends on how long the reunion is is too. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, not that this is a fifty year reunion. But as the reunions get farther away from high school, I think the right. location of the reunion gets smaller and smaller. And I, I think, like, I think also, like, no, this is the year twenty forty. Uh, <laughs> there's only fifteen people from this high school left alive. That's um, right. They're all heads they're all, in jars. They're all in their nineties. Uh, and Brendan and Eddie finally got together at the year ni- in the year ninety. Uh, you know, the age ninety two. Yeah. They finally got it back together. I well, love it. Uh, I think also, you know. For a reunion, high school gymnasiums don't necessarily have a liquor license, so right. <laughs> people well, again, are gonna—they're gonna want that rosé, right? I mean, again, like you said, I think that's a thing that only happens in TV shows—is when it's the a, reunions in the high it's school. It's a gym. restaurant and banquet hall. Sure, it's Captain yeah. Phil's. Sure, sure, sure. Also, um, not a sponsor. And no, gymnasium. And a gym- um, <laughs> it's, it's a restaurant, <laughs> banquet hall, gymnasium. I mean, it's a gymtorium. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah, they also have a stage uh, where they do, I don't know, elementary school plays. Um, <laughs> okay. It's just lockers I mean, all along the walls. But I do have to jump back to one thing and just say that if, th- so let's say they graduate high school in 1965, just, just as an example, right? Um, th- they get married. They're going out for 10 years. They get married in the summer of 75. The one other thing that really bothers me about that is that then they're surprised when they try to go back to the Village Green and the, and the Greasers are gone. My dude, you lived through Woodstock. What are you talking about? <laughs> How could you be surprised that the world has changed? But again, the, were these two sealed in a bunker for 10 years? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? But again, about? I think to, to Michael's point, that's more about their own um, headspace that they're in, their own idea of what the world is. Um, because they've been in this relationship for so long, they've had like this insular relationship that they're king, queen of the prom, and that that that's what they are always because they the identity they have is that to each other. And then when they don't mm. have that anymore, they're like, oh well, before I was Brenda's boyfriend or Eddie's girlfriend, I was part of the greaser gang, so I could just go back to them. And everybody's uh, instead like wearing tie dye and smoking pot. So right. and they couldn't find it. I mean, even I mean, Not even seventy five. Yeah, yeah, but. they're even beyond that. They're they're you know they're like mid seventies kids. They're like right. um, they're, now disco. they're dazed and confused. Well, they're yeah, or disco, or they're dazed and confused, right? They're not. They would have no idea what's going on. Um, so they're trying to get back to John Travolta in Greece, whereas right. the reality is John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. That's right. That's right. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think you're right about that. Um, okay. So. Man, I, I I gotta be honest. I think you guys have like maybe hate this song now. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you because <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It makes so much sense. You just don't How want it to. So much. But I'm just saying, like again, in my mind, 
Brenda and Eddie got married when they were 19 and they had a lot of growing up to do. If they are getting married at 29 and making these same mistakes, that completely changes the song. These guys, these guys are, are, I don't know what. Yeah, it's, mean, it's people who got married in their 30s and had a lot of growing up to do. But it's a totally like we, different... But if you get married in your 30s, you have a different kind of growing up to do. Then no, they have. That's the thing. That's really that's the tragedy of it. They have the same kind of growing up to do because they are still king and the queen of the prom. But I years just, later, they've been I, in a in a state of arrested development for the past I, ten years. Hey, I that's mean, the that name just, of the show. That just <laughs> that just makes them so pathetic um, to me. That 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 really hurts. But I also again, I can't argue with you guys because they're trying to get back to the greasers in seventy five. Like, yeah, they are ten years out of date at this point. So, I mean, because it, it oh, whatever. Okay. So <laughs> the original line there was they were, uh, they couldn't go back to the flappers. So, well, again, and they were like, Brenda, again, you, you weren't even alive. That was the 1920s. And she was like, no, but I want to go back to that. Like, I don't want to stay stuck on this point, but it, like, literally if, if they had graduated high school in 65. Oh my right? God. Yeah. And, and then, no, but then they got married in like 68. Right. And then they go try to go back to the greasers and like the world has changed. Oh, my God. What ha- who are these hippies? What's happening here? But it's like, guys, it's been 10 years. Like, yes, the world has changed. What do you again? You've been through Woodstock and the moon landing and, and everything else. Watergate is breaking right now. Like, what are you talking about? You lunatics. Um, anyway, the song ends. <laughs> Bottle red. Very nice. That's Such like a, a good, good song. And that that is the end. That's the that's the I had a great evening. We could do this anytime. Aw. Right. Yeah. Or the thanks for attending our reunion letter <laughs> to get in the mail. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Um all right. You guys want to do expanded universe? Sure. Okay. Michael, you had you told me to put a pin in something. I didn't write it down, because uh, I'm bad at my job. Um and so do you remember what it was? Yes, uh, it was the um, the song from New Orleans. Okay. Uh, or a song about New Orleans. Um, right. And Rachel said that it was clearly Dixieland jazz. Of course. Um, so could the record that they put on the jukebox be a Sultans of Swing song? I mean... Oh, of course. Oh, the band Sultans of Swing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I that, like it, that. It, no, I like that a lot. It's the local band. It's the local, yeah, yeah, yeah. The local band. Well, no, well, I don't think it's a local band. I think after the song Sultans of Swing, they actually hit it big. Oh, gotcha, or or gotcha. I was going to say, or I was going to say, like, you know, the really, like, cool Cosmopolitan kid in high school is like, hey, guys, I, this summer I went to England and I brought back this album of this really great band I heard over there. And they're called Sultans of Swing. I'm going to put this on. And it starts, people love it so much. It starts like a Dixieland jazz renaissance. <laughs> That's right. Localized to Long Island, New York in the <laughs> mid 1970s. I love it. Or 60s, whatever. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Not even localized yeah. oh. to Long Island. It's localized specifically to that diner. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. I mean, that's great. I mean, 
Because I love that because it's not the song Sultan to Swing. It's the band within right. the yes. song Sultan. Oh, yes. Classic. I love it. Yeah. Great. I, I assume I assume that uh at the bar at the Italian restaurant is just George Thurgood. That <laughs> when they say bottle of red, bottle of white, perhaps a bottle of rose, he's like, You're doing it all wrong. No, no. Right. You, you got one bourbon, one scotch, and right. one beer. That's all they serve here. So this is an Italian right. restaurant. We serve a lot of things. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. That's what you right. do. This Can I is... join you guys at your table? Please don't. Guys, this is the bar that I opened in this Italian restaurant. This is the bar that I opened, and it's called Trio. And every time at Trio, <laughs> you have to order three drinks. That's right. Okay? So you can order uh, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. You can order a, uh, a white, uh, a red, or a rosé. But it, oh, you have to order three things at once. Yes. Yes, this is a terrible business. And yes, the... <laughs> The local government does want to shut me down because, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. There has been a major increase in DUI since this place opened. (laughs) But this is my dream. This is my business. That's how I do it. (laughs) Just how I do it. And do the combination Um, platters have three things things on them? Yes, but you have to order three combination platters. Yes. Yeah. Right. Everyone is very drunk and very fat here. But that's just the way. (laughs) This is my dream. But they're happy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, when when things start to get rough, I mean, does Eddie accuse Brenda of taking it on the run? Is that <laughs> maybe? Is that possible? Is that one of the fights that maybe they have? Maybe um, it is. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Though, and then the other thing, the only other thing I know for sure is that um, you you don't they don't get into it that much, but in that waterbed is a whale and inside <laughs> that whale is a mariner and a young boy um who well i would are i would yeah yeah each other. i don't know if the whale's in there but like definitely the water from that waterbed was inside the whale right that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that swallowed yeah. uh the young boy and his ex-stepfather is that what he was i don't uh, remember yeah um but yeah i would say definitely yeah that's definitely a connection and every time they they sleep on it like do you feel like a weird like like a haunting, but like a haunting by like a boot black. You know what I'm talking about? Like a real like old timey haunting. Mm-hmm. Right? Does it feel like something terrible happened in this water, but like in a really like I don't know, it feels like someone was murdered, but <laughs> also but also they had like um cholera. You yeah. know what I'm talking how about? It, it's like it that sleeping, kind of thing. How's it sleeping on the waterbed? You know, it feels a little vengeful. Right. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. All I right. feel like um Oh, I had a good one. Okay. I mean, actually, it probably wasn't very good, but whatever. <laughs> well, let's, let's, this has been fun. Let's cut it here. Um, <laughs> we've been talking for, for quite a while. So, uh, and honestly, the Michael, I was so excited about the Sultan's of Swing thing that I was ready to cut it off there. We weren't going <laughs> to, we weren't going to get better than that. So I'm, 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 that was great. So, uh, I mean, of, let's, of the people who were reminiscing in this bar, maybe Fernando was one of them. Maybe reminiscing about something totally different. And they were like, guys, sure. this, is, this is a closed event. You're not supposed right. to be here. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're telling old stories, but yeah, but we right. weren't there. This is, is this not the reunion of the, uh, rebellion army in Texas? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's next door. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, and I'm sure right. they've, they've got entertainment in this restaurant. So there might be a yeah. singer. Okay, um, I'm calling it. This is over. This, this is part Pearl. of the show is over. Pearl's this a singer. segment is over. It didn't. And Michael, I'm sorry you missed the deadline. Um, 
Pearl, Pearl did not get in there. D- uh, DJ Love. DJ Love was there. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. Oh, DJ Love was definitely playing the high school reunion. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to talk about the history of this song with Story Behind the Story. We might seem too cool and aloof, but we love to connect on social media. Follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, on Instagram at story song podcast, and on our Facebook page. It's your ticket to the in crowd, daddy-o. All right, we're back. It's time for a story behind the story. How did this, uh, how did this story come to be? Um, well, I'm going to say this before I get started. I just want to talk a little bit about my personal relationship to, to Mr. Joel. Um, you're his, so, you're his driver. You yes. should let everybody know. <laughs> um, well, so anyone who, who doesn't know, which you may not if you're listening to this show. So Rachel, Michael, and I, um, who are the, we're the co-hosts of the Story Song podcast, but we all grew up on Long Island, uh, in New York. And when you live on Long Island and you're growing up on Long Island, you hear a lot of Billy Joel. Uh, Billy Joel was born and raised on Long Island. He is considered our favorite son. Uh, and you know, he's, he's the local boy who made good and people love Billy Joel around here, which is fine. He's very good. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. He's the, he's the Bruce Springsteen or John Bon Jovi. If you're from New Jersey. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, you know, no, no disrespect to Mr. Uh, Bon Jovi. But I feel like he's more of the the Bruce Springsteen, right? Like he he yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. represents this area to a, to a certain degree, right? That's right. And and so you hear a lot of you hear a lot of Billy Joel. And growing up, I did not like Billy Joel. Um, mostly again, just because it it was you know shoved down my throat. Basically, everyone told me I was supposed to love this, and of course, I was just not those little punks. So I was like, no, you told me I'm <laughs> supposed to like it. I don't like it. Right. Um. But I think the other thing with Billy Joel, and th- this is going to sound mean, and it's going to be a little mean, to be honest with you. But to start with, I think the, the, the thing with Billy Joel is he's just personally, he's not cool, right? Um, and the reason why I say that is because there's a, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of criticism that he gets that I think other people don't get. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, we've talked in the past, like, you know, when, when we did, um, when we did David Bowie, right. We did space oddity and Michael made a joke about dancing in the street. And like the fact that David Bowie did dancing in the street with Mick Jagger in that stupid video and is still considered cool. Right. Just goes to show how cool he is that, that when you're cool, you can take hits like that and just keep going. Right. Right. For, to be Miller. fair, the song is very cool. The video is ridiculous. <laughs> but in itself, yes. still cool because it's David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Right. But that's what I mean. Like, th- those guys are cool, right? And so Billy Joel, he just he just forever and ever just always seemed like someone's dad. He's just a regular you know what I mean? guy. He's just a regular dude, which is, not, which, is, which is a good thing. I'm saying that's a good thing. But when you're a rock star, I think, or, you know, you're, you're supposed to be a rock star. I think that kind of stuff, um, it just hurts you because he, he, because he didn't seem cool. Any, any minor weird misstep like that, I just feel like got magnified. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people criticize him, you know, for like, 
you know, whatever. Like, like, like we already talked about Bruce Springsteen. Like, I remember, like, this, he wrote a song called Goodnight Saigon, and there was a lot right. of criticism of him because it's like, well, he didn't fight in Vietnam. So how dare he write this song that's a, from, from the, the point of view of a Vietnam vet, right? But guess who also didn't fight in Vietnam? Bruce Springsteen, but he can write Born in the USA and nobody cares. Right, 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 every, right. And everyone thinks he's a listen, genius. So, yeah, listen, Bruce Springsteen does come off a bit cooler. And so, right. I, and I think, you're, I think you're right. But, and I think that's tough. It's a tough place to be because in a way he is, his uncoolness is cool. If you've yes. ever seen him, like there was a whole thing where he wore sunglasses a lot in the 90s. And mm-hmm. I thought that was the uncoolest thing he'd ever done. <laughs> I was right. like, why are you wearing sunglasses on all your stuff? And, right. And it, I was like, th- those somehow sunglasses look uncool on you. And I'm a right. big Billy Joel fan. Um, right. Oh, and I, don't get me wrong. I think you can think Billy Joel is not cool and still be a huge fan of his music. I'm just saying that, like, like David Bowie, Mick Jagger, like Bruce Springsteen, like these guys always look like rock stars. Like, Billy Joel looks like the guy that you rent the U-Haul truck from. You know what I mean? Like he just seems like it just a like he's just some guy. Right. Right? That you wouldn't you wouldn't give a second look to. Yeah. Other than the fact that he writes these great songs. I think the other thing is that like we I think have an outside an outsized look on Billy Joel, right? I think he's a he's a he's a big star. He's very popular like in the rest of the country and the rest of the world. However, if you look like um Piano Man, right? Mm-hmm. Huge Billy Joel song that peaked at number twenty five on the Hot One Hundred. Right, like it wasn't even a top twenty hit. Right, right? now that is a song that, that was that's inescapable right. <laughs> if you live around here and when we were growing up. Right, but I mean, I mean, it was a, it was you know a a, a big don't song think that's like across the, the board. 20... Like just because mean? it peaked at twenty five, that doesn't mean that it's not an unknown that it's an unknown song around. Oh, the I'm world not saying it's or his no, I'm not saying song. it's not. No, no, I no, think, but, but I think that like, song is like 1973. I just think there was nothing out there like that at the time. Right, I mean, it's the timing of it. Yeah, and right. we've talked a bunch of times about how the charts are not necessarily reflective of uh, how the longevity of a song, the quality of a song. It's just it, it depends on what was out at the time, what was going on in the world at the time. Like that right. might just be something that people weren't ready for. Paradise by the Dashboard Light which is a massive song and still like around still classic rock. I think that was like top 80. Wow. Okay. Well, what, what I'm trying to say though is I, I, I mean, obviously it's a song that has endured like even beyond this era. Oh, yeah. Right. Just cause they played at Mets games. Like they definitely like, that is a song that everyone I think, you know, throughout the country is going to know. Like, I agree with you. I'm just saying like, you know, we had the impression that he was like the Beatles times a thousand, right? Like growing up. Right. Cause he was so big. That like you know again, if you have a, if you have a song that's number twenty five, that's great. Like you're you're doing great. You're you're you know you're having a big uh, career as a musician, right? That's that's awesome. But it just you know I think again he has this sort of outsized feel. Um, he has had three number one hits in his career, so it's not like he never got to the top or anything. So he's doing just fine. I'm just saying like from our point of view, from my point of view, it's hard to. Um, try to imagine what someone in like Topeka thinks of Billy Joel, right? right. Because he was so big and he's still so omnipresent uh, around here that it's just kind of hard to think about like, you know, what, what if, what if we hadn't grown up with it? What, what would our opinion? Well, I think it's Billy also, it is the idea that he, the way he writes much like, much like um, Bruce Springsteen or there's some other folks. There's one person that's on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember who, 
what the example I want to use is. But he, all of his songs, most of his songs have so many references and, mm-hmm. and evoke mm-hmm. the sense of the place they are from um, yeah. that it's obviously he's going to have a larger footprint and a larger, um, uh, you know, he's influence on, on this area just because yes. you identify with it so much more if you're in the area, right? Um, right. So I think I think that has a lot to do with it. He's not writing just sort of more generic, even New York-based songs. He's writing a lot about specifically Long Island <laughs> in a lot right. of his songs. Or if he does write about New York, he's talking about very specific places in New York. Even I'm in a New York state of mind, he talks about things that people in New- outside of New York probably wouldn't know what it is. Yeah, right I now. mean, like my favorite Down New York Riverside, song. You know, so my my favorite New York song of his is Allentown. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, they're not all about New York, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but it's definitely like a, a a northeast kind of feel to it. It's New York, it's New work- Jersey, Connecticut, oh, I, Pennsylvania. I mean, it's working class, yeah. But again, and it's not just like, oh, it feels like New York, like uh, authentically New York. No, he literally like, I mean, we talked about the Parkway Diner is a real place. I know that is a real place because, speaking of Billy Joel growing up on Long Island, my aunt went to high school with Billy Joel. He was older than she was. They were not friends, but they they did attend high school at the same time. My mother, who obviously is younger than my my aunt, um, you know, didn't, didn't, wasn't around for Billy Joel, but like- Every time we hear this song, she'd be like, you know, the Parkway Diner is a real place. My, your, your father and I hung out there all the time. Like, so, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. Um, Billy Joel has a song where he mentions Channel 13. Right. That doesn't mean anything to anyone from outside of the New York area. Uh, that's the, the New York PBS the, station. It's, it's the PBS. Yes. yes. The next and, line is Sesame Street. So there you go. Right. That's why you. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and uh, that's, that's the album version, the single version. They changed that line because they were like, no one's going to know what that means. Oh, what they change it to? Um, uh, All your life is Time Magazine. Oh, oh, that's right. So, and everybody, right. look, everybody in New York has a Down Easter Alexa. Absolutely, that's right. We all everyone in New York. <laughs> every, we're all fishermen. Everyone in New York is a piano man. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. We all went to Stalingrad, so it's <laughs> it all fits. Um, and, and nobody in the New York metro Stalingrad. area started the fire. So that's true. That's right. That's true. Um, Apparently, it was always burning. Uh, also, just to quickly correct myself, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light reached number 39 on the Hot 100. Okay, that was top 40. Um, just. I mean, I also want to say, Michael, not for nothing, I think that song might be a little bit more enduring with the kind of people that we know. Let's just say that. Maybe people are a bit more theatrical um, and, and like to do it at Sweet 16s um, when we were younger. That's all I'm going to say. So I don't know how... <laughs> how uh, familiar other people might be with I mean, it's a but classic rock song. Absolutely. Right. I, yeah. That's um, what I'm saying. It's definitely a classic rock song when the DJ has to go to the bathroom. Um, so. <laughs> All right, everybody. Here's a 15-minute uh, long song. Uh, I'm going to hit the buffet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here at this high school reunion. Okay. Um, DJ so Love. let me just say. That um, getting into this history, as we often do, there is a lot of history about Mr. William Joel. So I'm not going to go through all of it. I'll hit the the real quick highlights, and then I'm going to deep go deeper onto this song. Um, again, just because there's way too much to go over. 
uh, in a podcast, A, and then also B, we may do Billy Joel again in the in the uh, future, so I don't want to go through everything. Yeah, um, well, it's always hard to do, like, a, a behind the story of a megastar, you know? Right, right. and that's the thing. I mean, he's had A prolific multiple... megastar. Yeah, he's had multiple phases of his career, so um, I'm just going to talk mostly about this song. But uh, I will say that uh, Billy Joel was born in 1949 in the Bronx, and he grew up in Hicksville, New York. Um, he dropped out of high school to pursue music, and after a few false starts, he signed to Columbia as a solo artist in 1972. Um, the, this song, yes? Well, I Rachel? was just going to make a dumb joke. I was going to say, and that's all I heard about Billy Joel. <laughs> I told you already. Um, and here we are so, making a podcast about Billy Joel. Uh, so this song, which is Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, uh, was on the album The Stranger and was released in 1977. It, uh, it, it was released um, September 1977. Uh, there's no Billboard chart information because it was not released as a single. Um, which is crazy. And- uh, well, I mean, The Stranger has, has a couple of pretty big singles on it, which I'm going to get to in a second. So um, so it was on The Stranger, and when it was released in 1977, uh, Billy Joel had released two albums for Columbia at the time, and Columbia was, considered, was considering dropping him. Um, his last album, Turnstiles, had only reached 122 on the album charts. Mm. Oh, wow. That's kind of a weird album. I, I could see that. In the- Turnstiles? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's good. It's a, it's, if I recall, it's kind of an eclectic song yeah. list yeah yeah so, so yeah, basically like, say goodbye to hollywood's on that album well right. i think it's a, i think it's definitely an album certainly after billy joel was a big star it's an album people went back to. right um yeah. new york state I, of mind is on that album miami yeah, 2017 I, at the time it was not obviously it was not a big hit um and so basically all you need to know is at this point billy joel's career is in a little bit of trouble like he, he's possibly going to get dropped by columbia um so he he records the stranger and The Stranger is the album that made Billy Joel Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it peaked at number two for two weeks on the album charts, and it had four top 40 singles, Just the Way You Are, Moving Out, She's Only a Woman, and Only the Good Die Young. Wow. So again, I, Michael, I think you can see like where, you know, they're, not, they're probably not going to release this like, how long is the song? Like four minutes? <laughs> like they, they, they already got their singles. They're fine. Right. This is a good album, a good album cut. Um, the Stranger uh, won the Grammy for Record of the Year, and Just the Way You Are won for Song of the Year. Um, so the album was was generally well re- well reviewed. I believe, um, uh, Dan, it also won a Grammy for World's Creepiest Album Cover. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So if you haven't seen this album cover, it is Billy Joel laying on a bed. Right, I have this right. He's laying on a bed, yeah. sitting. More well, he's sitting up on a bed. Oh, he's sitting on a bed. Okay, looking at a blank mask that's laying on a pillow <laughs> that's right right and sort of and sort of studying it yes that is an album cover. my parents had this lp and i used to hide the album because i was so creeped out <laughs> by it and it's a weird thing because like it's not scary right there's just something so unnerving it's yeah also, about it's it. also in a in a black and white if i recall yeah it's, it's very like stark a, yes. there's it's stark. Yes. like a uh shadow behind him it looks like there are boxing gloves hanging on the wall yeah well, i, I have think, to yeah they well, all, i think that, that's that's yeah. all referential to like to different stuff. yes doesn't okay. matter the image itself it is oh weird. i know i feel like i'd have to go through and actually like research this but i feel like the 70s was a time for creepy album covers right yeah like not again not scary album covers just album covers that were just like 
quietly unsettling. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but yes. Well, that, you, if this is 1977, right. that's the same year uh, Queen released News of the World with the the Big illustration robot. of a robot killing the band. So right. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's that. Um. So anyway, yeah. So he he was very excited when he won the Grammy for um album cover that Dan McCartney had to hide uh in the back of the closet because <laughs> he couldn't stand to look at it. Um so uh right. Wait, okay. which so songs the album? Which songs did you say um were like the the top 40s? Oh, my I have to scroll back up, Michael. Jesus sorry. Louise. Uh no, it's uh the top 40 singles. There were four top 40 singles, Just the Way You Are, Moving Out, She's Only a Woman, and Only the Good Die Young. Um so the album was generally well reviewed. Including, including among critics, critics who had dismissed his first two albums, uh, and it was ranked number seventy on the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they actually so just they redid just, that. Album, yeah, they just redid so. it. I wonder where it is now. No, I, I but know. I will say, I will say this about that album: if you lived on Long Island, you own that album. It is somewhere. Oh, yeah. If when you, I've said this before: if mm-hmm. you had a baby around that time, they gave you your baby. And then a copy of The Stranger. Yeah. And they were, they were like, take your child home and, and rear it properly. Right. Here, here is that, here's that wood map of Long Island. <laughs> That's right. Here, here, here is a copy of The Stranger. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is all you need to survive. That's right. Um, uh, listen, listen to this album. It'll tell you everything you need to know about raising a child. That's um, right. <laughs> your fishing boat's in the so, back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, also, here's an Islanders jersey for, for some reason. Um, <laughs> So, okay. So, though never released as a single, Scenes from an Italian Restaurant is a staple of his uh, set at live shows. Billy Joel has stated, I don't think I could do a show without performing that song. Um, so now, here's the history of the song. Uh, there was a restaurant called Fontana di Trevi. Um, I'm going to say I've definitely pronounced that wrong. But um, it was across from Carnegie Hall. And Billy Joel would go there while he was doing a series of concerts at Carnegie Hall. One night, a waiter actually said to Joel, a bottle of red, bottle of white, whatever kind of mood you're in tonight. <laughs> Billy Joel immediately thought it would make a good lyric and wrote it down on a napkin. So, And that waiter that is now from. suing him for royalties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because Billy Joel wrote it down and he looked up and the waiter, the waiter was gone. He was like, excuse me. <laughs> My, my my waiter uh 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 for uh, what's a good italian name i can't i can't think <laughs> uh, my, my waiter my waiter antonio was just here and someone said antonio died this very night 10 years ago um <laughs> and he was okay so this then, restaurant's and- been closed for 100 years he <laughs> <laughs> just turns out the whole place is abandoned he's like what happened um okay so uh scenes from an italian restaurant now here's the part where i where I ruin all of our, uh, all of our guessing and interpreting. Well, before. this is it. Yeah, this is because "Scenes from Italian Restaurant" started out as three separate but unfinished songs, um, which does explain why the lyrics don't totally line up. So, "Bottle of Red," "Bottle of White." Uh, this is my favorite. The second song was called "Things Are Okay in Oyster Bay." Awesome. <laughs> uh, that's an old vaudeville all- song, I think. That's an old vaudeville song. Things are okay and- in Oyster Bay. Yes, and also won the uh, the Grammy for most Billy Joel uh, title of all <laughs> That's time. Right. Um, Billy Joel, forty years running, he's won it every year. So good for him. Um, and uh, and uh, and then the ballad of Brenda Nettie was the third song. Um, so while coming to the end of the recording session for the Stranger, producer Phil Ramone 
uh, asked Joel if he had any other songs. Joel said he had a couple of unfinished songs, and Ramon convinced him to put them together into a medley similar to the B-side of Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. So, And that uh, is why, when we were talking about why it's not called Scene from an Italian Restaurant, and it's called Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, that's what I was saying right. previously, is that obviously, to him, it, this is just three, you know, separate stories, little vignettes right. taking place, and they're putting it into this Italian restaurant. Um, and uh, just a fun fact, I discovered that on the 8-track, uh, Scenes from an Italian Restaurant was broken up, and it started on side three, but ended on side four. Ooh. So they couldn't fit it on one side. Um, and uh, in 2002, uh, there was a Billy Joel Broadway musical called Moving Out, and two of the main characters were named Brenda and Eddie. Of course. So, nice. There you go. What the heck else are they going to be named? Yeah. Um, I love this song. Uh, I think, I think, gun to my head, I would say this is probably my favorite Billy Joel song. Um, oh, this I song's think, incredible. I think it's, it's I think the lyrics are, are, are masterful. I think they leave, like you said, they, they leave a lot open to interpretation. They hint at a lot of stuff without... without As you might fully... have noticed from the first segment of this show. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we get a little crazy uh, with interpreting. But I was going to say, I just think, I think it's, it's very evocative without always spelling things out. Um, I think like all those internal rhymes are, are great. Um, everything just feels really good uh, in it. It's just, everything scans. I just think it's a great song. And so. it works so well together. Th- realizing that it's three different um, unfinished songs put together, yeah. it, it almost adds to, I think it adds to why it's so good because it, it's able to switch up how you feel about things, but yet somehow it works together. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that, there's no guarantee that that's going to work, right? No. If you take three separate songs and put them together, but I, all those like changes in the middle, right, those necessary chord changes that come between the parts because they're different songs just is great. Like, you know, it, 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 it doesn't have to work, but the fact that it did work so well is, is, is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, all right. Uh, let's take another quick break. and we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. There's only one thing missing from the Story Song Podcast. Pictures! You can fix that by following us on Instagram at Story Song Podcast. You'll find album covers of the songs we've done, behind-the-scenes photos, new episode announcements, and more. Get the full experience. Follow Story Song Podcast on Instagram. All right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Let's start with Rachel. Rachel, what, uh-huh. what lesson did you learn from Scenes from an Italian Restaurant? Well, here's what I learned. If you have to save up for a couple of years to buy mm-hmm. a waterbed, you probably shouldn't buy the waterbed. Yeah. Um, because you're going to go through that money real quick. Like It took you a long time to save up a not huge amount of money. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, I Maybe think there's, on. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one, definitely a principle of economics that has been followed for, for many, many years is um, a waterbed shouldn't be your biggest purchase. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? Uh, and also, there's going to be other stuff that's going to come along. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. I, I know the, the waterbed salesman says that this puppy will last you a lifetime. No. It won't and you won't want it to. Right. <laughs> so, 
you know, go for a regular mattress until they come up with Casper. Right. <laughs> our newest sponsor. <laughs> uh, Not a sponsor. Yeah, because I mean, you know, because other kind of mattresses, they'll do many things. They might be uncomfortable. They might whatever. Uh, they're not going to leak, folks. That's that's the big that's, right. that's the big thing. <laughs> Maybe get a bed beds. you can't accidentally drown in. I think yeah, that's exactly. If I had one piece of advice, that's what I would. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, going off of what Rachel was saying, I'll just say more money advice is do buy your paintings at J.C. Penney. I've said it. Uh, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Sears is going to rip you off. That's for paintings, right. You guys uh, you buy all, them from J.C. Penney. And all their paintings are of Sears. That again. Or if they're not of Sears, they're of drills. And right, right. that might be fine <laughs> if you own a hardware store. But um, otherwise, it's just really not a good look. Yeah. They've got a uh, real so, thing going with DeWalt. They, uh, absolutely. Uh, those guys yeah, are yeah. in it together. And we, again, you have to remember, like, in 75, there's no softer side of Sears at this point. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's very like, it's a lot of paintings of, of tools and, you know, sheds. So yeah, definitely go, go for JC Penny. Um, it's, you're going to get more bang for your buck. First of all, the paintings are going to be nicer and they're probably going to go up in value because, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but they, they sell, uh, I don't know who's a good painter. <laughs> I can think of someone, <laughs> someone who's a good painter. They paint it at JC Penny. Picasso. So, Picasso, thank you. Uh, Michael, what lesson did you learn from this song? I learned, uh, appropriately since it's such a long song, I learned a couple of things. Mm, okay. First, I learned if you really want to class up your living room, um, get a painting of a department store, like an oil yes. painting, um, maybe on velvet, like real nice. You want a picture of a store. Uh, end of the parking lot. Uh, the second thing I learned is I, I didn't learn this. I, it's, it's, it's something I've, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, but this song just reinforced it for me. You can't go back to the greasers. Right. You guys are going to want to, you can't go. Can't go back. No greasers left. Yeah. I think also, um, I mean, another lesson that I learned from this song related to that again, is if you are dating someone for a very long time. I don't know, every once in a while, turn on a TV, maybe kind of find out what the hell's going on in <laughs> right. the world. Um, don't be surprised that your friends from 10 years ago are still not hanging out in the same place. I'm just saying, just try to pay a little bit of attention right. uh, to what's going on uh, out in the world. That's all. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this has been the Story Song Podcast. Uh, come back next week when we talk about another great story song. Follow us on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, if you could leave us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it. And tell your friends about yeah. the show. If you enjoyed this, um, you certainly got your, your money's worth this uh, this episode. <laughs> so, uh, But uh, tell your friends. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cazell. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Find them at purple-planet.com. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. 
For even more great stuff from the Story Song Podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Story underscore Song, and on Instagram at Story Song Podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next time with another great story song. Thanks for listening. I mean, we're predictable. What can I say? <laughs> okay. Consistent. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.